Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey friends, thanks for joining a podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called patreon.com slash BP show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show, patreon.com slash BP show. you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Those are lies, plain and simple. Yep. That sort of sums up James Comey's testimony yesterday, dropping the hammer on uh, Donald Trump. Devastating testimony. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. It is Friday, June 9. Here we go, winding up this first week of June 2017 with the big hearing yesterday. Donald Trump finally tweeting about it this morning, sending his attack dog attorney out yesterday afternoon to try to discredit James Comey. Uh, Guess what, Donald? It's not going to work. Yep, we're going to focus on that most of the show here today. But we also have to talk about Great big election that backfired, just like firing James Comey backfired on Donald Trump, calling that special election backfired on Theresa May. She got her clock clean yesterday, Conservative Party uh, losing control of the parliament and now cries and calls rather for Theresa May to step down. And it looks like Brexit may not happen after all. Wow. What a big day. That's why it's good to have you with us. And you did the right thing tuning in here on the Bill Press Show, coming to you live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., booming out to you nationwide, coast to coast, with all the news of the day. And we want to hear from you. What you think about it all, give us a holler on Twitter, at BP Show. We'll jump right into it. Congressman Dan Kildee from Michigan joining us just a little bit later. Jump right into it. But first... This is the Full Court Press. Yes, indeed. Just a couple of other stories making news. Well, we saw James Comey's testimony. While Donald Trump remained quiet for all of yesterday, we did hear from his attorney, Mark Kazowitz. Just a few hours after James Comey's testimony, a statement from Mark Kazowitz went went public, denied many parts of James Comey's testimony. But here's the thing. It's littered with typos. (laughs) There are typos all over this fairly short statement. In fact, he goes as far as misspelling president. Oh, Jesus. He spelled president P-R-E-D-I-S-E-N-T, which is just a typo, of course, but one that you might want to catch when the word you misspelled is the title of your client. Well, that's the way they say it in Brooklyn, the president. president. He also misspelled the name of Dan Coates. (laughs) 
the National <laughs> Intelligence Director, and there are a few grammatical errors. Uh, here's just one of the sentences that appears in the statement, quote, In sum, it is now established that there, T-H-E-R-E, the president was not being investigated oh, for colluding with the oh, attempting God. to obstruct that invest. Just an absolute disaster of a sentence in there. Uh, so I imagine Donald Trump is paying this man a lot of money. Maybe he should pay a little more money to find somebody to spell check his attorney's <laughs> statements. Speaking of a lot of money, we go down to Georgia, the 6th district where John Ossoff is running against Karen Handel. Yesterday we found out that John Ossoff brought in $15 million over the last two months. That is another fundraising record. All told, he has raised $23.6 million in his race to try and flip that congressional uh, seat formerly held by Tom Price. Uh, he has about a million dollars left in the bank as we hit the uh, Boy, yeah, the final stretch here. Right. You know, this is going to be – I am I know everybody says it's a Republican district, but uh, keep hope alive. Keep I, hope alive. I've got a, he's a good candidate. He's got all the money he needs, got all the resources, and God knows uh, Karen Handel is tied to Donald Trump. By the way, she also reported her earnings. I, I mentioned he brought in about $15 million. She brought in – $3.8 million during the same period of time. Don't feel sorry for her. She'll have all the money she needs. I think so. she'll be just yeah, fine. Yeah, right. On TV and online, this is the Bill Press Show. Yep, he came and he delivered. James Comey yesterday shredding Donald Trump's character, says he knew from the very first time he met him in Trump Tower that he couldn't trust him because he would lie about their meeting. Wow. That was the chief law enforcement officer of the United States. What do you say? Hello, everybody. No, nothing happened in Washington yesterday. Just a testimony uh, like we have never seen before. No, even back in the old Watergate days, these were some White House aides who sort of revealed things about Richard Nixon. This is the director of the FBI, former director of the FBI, who held that position, of course, for four years. Great to see you today on this Friday, June 9. It is The Bill Press Show. We are with you on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. You can check out our podcast anytime, any day. Watch part of the show or all of the show, even after hours, uh, by going to billpressshow.com or, as you know, to iTunes. Uh, you can catch us on Free Speech TV. Uh, if you've got a satellite dish, um, we're all part of DirecTV. Out in the greater Chicago area, all the northern uh, Illinois and surrounding states. Here we are with you on WCPT. Uh, and we always uh, invite you to be one of our partners on Patreon, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, where you can catch my parting shot every day uh, exclusively and all kinds of other good stuff that uh, we put up. And we start out 
here in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, but again, with you, right alongside of you, wherever you are, uh, in this great United States of America. Yes, indeed, yesterday, I've never, n- none of us have ever seen anything like it again. Let, let's, let's just focus on what happened yesterday. The chief law enforcement officer of the United States, who would still be in that job except that Donald Trump fired him a month ago, he told the Senate Intelligence Committee and the American people, you cannot trust the president of the United States. His word is no good. He told the American people, the president of the United States has lied to you, lied to the FBI, lied to Congress, lies. To, that's what he does. He tells lies. He told us that he felt so compelled uh, by, by, by so... Um, unsettled, if you will, by meeting Donald Trump and just the first time that he saw him, he was so uncertain of Donald Trump's character. He was so uncertain that Donald Trump would lie about what they talked about that he felt compelled to write a very detailed memo of everything in that conversation, word for word, immediately after the meeting to keep that record because he knew he might need it someday. He told us yesterday that he was so uncomfortable with Donald Trump and the pressure that Donald Trump was putting on him and the efforts by Donald Trump to destroy any uh, tradition of independence between the president of the United States and the FBI director, which is the way it has always been. He felt so uncomfortable by by that that he told the attorney general he never wanted to be alone with the president of the United States ever again. I mean, that in itself, is so chilling. He told us that he was, he knew, believed, because Donald Trump said it, that he was fired, not because, as we were originally told, Donald Trump thought that he was mean to Hillary Clinton last year. No, he believes he was fired. Donald Trump said it. He takes Donald Trump at his word because Donald Trump, because he would not drop the FBI investigation. And finally, uh, James Comey admitted, yeah, that he gave his memos. He, after Donald Trump called him a nut job, <laughs> after Donald Trump says he better be careful because we got tapes of these meetings, James Comey admitted he gave copies of his own personal memos, not government documents, his personal memos, through a, through a friend to the New York Times because he wanted to get the truth out, knowing that Donald Trump was lying about those meetings. He wanted to get the truth out, and he believed it would lead to the appointment of a special prosecutor, which it did. Bottom line here, and I think here are the two big takeaways. No matter all this talk, no matter what you hear, two big takeaways from yesterday's Senate Intelligence Committee hearing. Number one, there's a total shift now in this investigation. It, the main subject is no longer did people around Donald Trump during the transition or during the campaign collude with the Russian government to try to influence the outcome of the election? That's still a big issue. It's still a big story. It's still a big question mark. I think they did. But that's where the investigation started. Now the investigation has shifted from did Trump team collude with Russians to did Donald Trump obstruct justice? 
It's gone from collusion to obstruction, and that is bad news for Donald Trump. That means that this is going to continue for months, if not years, before this is all cleared up. Number one takeaway, obstruction from uh, collusion to obstruction. And as part of that, number two takeaway is, listen to this. This is so important. We learned yesterday, we know now, that the president, who was not subject of investigation, Comey told him that three times, he was not subject of the investigation back then. Now he is. The president of the United States is under investigation by the special prosecutor. And the question is, did he obstruct justice? Is he guilty of obstructing justice? It's up to the Congress what happens if he, if, if uh, um, um, special counsel uh, Robert Mueller comes to that conclusion. But that's what he is investigating. Now, that is huge. And I would say this right now. So anybody that you hear, any of these dumbass commentators that you see on cable television or anybody like these dumbass Republicans in Congress like Paul Ryan or Mitch McConnell or John McCain or Lindsey Graham who come out as they did yesterday and said, oh, this was actually a good day for Donald Trump. Anybody who tells you that it was a good day for Donald Trump, that he is now under investigation for obstructing justice, anybody who tells you that's a good day for Donald Trump is an idiot. This, yeah. Oh, yeah, could have been a lot worse. James Comey could have come out and said he is guilty of obstructing justice and he should be thrown in jail for 30 years. Yeah, Don, James Comey didn't say that. He said it's up to you, senators, to decide whether it's and, and up to the special counsel. But the fact that it could have been a lot worse doesn't make it good for Donald Trump. Again, the whole subject of the investigation has gone from collusion to obstruction, and he is now the target of the investigation. How can you possibly say that's good for Donald Trump? Unless you're on his payroll, which Marsh Kazowitz, of course, is, and he said that yesterday, and so did Sarah Sanders. My only fear in this, I, I agree with you. I think it was a very bad day for Donald Trump in the public eye, right? Like, I think you look at what Comey did. It's hard to say that Comey is some sort of a partisan hack or is trying to pick a fight or anything like that. But we're now again at a point where what's going to stop Trump? What's going to get in the way of Trump? And as Comey even said, that's up to you, the senators, to find this out. And we got a taste of what the senators are going to do. Like you looked at Marco Rubio and Jim Risch, this other senator yeah, who questioned him. And they were all carrying water for him. Paul Ryan said, oh, you know, he's just new to the job. And these are things that he doesn't. And so – He's got. He still has his defenders. Amazingly, remarkably, they're still out there defending him. Yeah. Uh, and answer your question: What's going to stop him? Only two things are going to stop him. One, the American people are going to stop him in 2018 mm-hmm. uh, by uh, uh, taking away control of the House and the Senate from the Republican Party, putting Democrats back in charge. Uh, or before then, uh, Republicans are going to stop him if they're smart. They will. I'm not talking about impeachment. I don't expect them to impeach him before. But they'll, they'll better realize that uh, he's taken them down with him. <laughs> and those rats had better get off the sinking ship and say, ah, no, we, 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 we can't go there. You wonder, you wonder what's going to take. Maybe, maybe it'll take Robert Mueller saying, yes, yeah. this is obstruction of justice. Uh, so just in case 
Uh, we didn't see all of you at the tune-in uh, yesterday. Uh, and in case you didn't make it to your local watering hole yesterday, or even maybe the TV uh, at home or in your office, uh, here are some of the uh, the highlights. Again, I think this is the uh, the headline from uh, James Comey uh, about the lies. Donald Trump, he said this. He told the American people that the FBI had not done a good job. Uh, James Comey said he slammed the him. He slammed the FBI. And this, these were, here he is. Those were lies, plain and simple. And I am so sorry that the FBI workforce had to hear them. And I'm so sorry that the American people were told them. Senator Dianne Feinstein, one of the first questioners, asking him, is there any doubt in your mind why you were fired? Do you believe the Russia investigation played a role? In why I was fired? Yes. Yes, because I've seen the president say so. Yep. He takes said In that case, he takes the president at his word, as he told, by the way, the Russian ambassador and the Russian foreign minister, uh, he was a nut job, speaking of Comey, and I fired him because I needed to get him off my back. I needed to relieve the pressure of the Russian investigation. And again, remember that great big lie about, no, he did it because he violated procedures at the Justice Department with the Hillary email investigation. We all knew that was a lie in the beginning, but that's how they started out. James Comey, I thought this was the first time, uh, uh, well, the most explosive thing maybe that, that Comey said the entire testimony and he said it fairly early on. There was a gasp at the tune in when he said this. So the question is, you made all these memor you wrote these memoranda. Why you made all these notes. Why would you do that? I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting, and so I thought it really important to document. That what? combination of things I'd never experienced before, but it led me to believe I gotta write it down, and I gotta write it down in a very detailed way. I want to go back. Wow. This is January the 6th. Wow. This is the first time he's ever met Donald Trump. He goes to Trump Tower to tell him, we got, you, you ought to know that somebody in, in the UK is claiming has done a little investigation and he's got some salacious material on you. Uh, we don't believe it. We're not investigating you, but you ought to know it's out there. He has this meeting with Donald Trump. He He is so... Shaken, he said that stunned to use the word shaken by Donald Trump's character or lack of that he knows he can't trust him just by shaking hands with him. He knows it. And he goes downstairs to his car, pulls out his laptop and starts writing this memorandum. Um, One of the big questions, too, was about uh, the dinner meeting on January 27 when Comey said he had to break a dinner date with his wife because the president called him at the last moment. By the way, again, important. nine meetings, nine times he spoke with Donald Trump, three in person, six on the phone, and he said yesterday, not one of those times did he initiate a contact with the president, because he's of the old school where the FBI director's over here and the president's over here. This is nine times. Every time Donald Trump uh, called him or called him to the White House, uh, this was one time on January 27, that's when they had the dinner in uh, the green room, just the two of them. Comey never expected it to be him and the president. And that's when, as Comey detailed, the president said that uh, he expected loyalty from him. Uh, Comey, Comey understood exactly what was going on. Donald Trump, three times before that, had told him, you're doing a great job, you're doing an awesome job, I want you to stay in the job. But now... He realizes, Comey said, that, that 
somebody had told Donald Trump, hmm, you gave Comey that job and let him stay in the job and you didn't get anything in return? So it was a quid pro quo, Comey says, that little dinner about loyalty. If we, uh, Loyalty, I knew, I think what was going on there, Jamie, said uh, he was asking for loyalty. He was asking, he was offering me the job in return for my uh, loyalty right after. Told me what's going on yeah. here is there, he's looking to get something in exchange for granting my request to stay in the job. Yep. So it was. You pledge your loyalty to me, I'll let you stay in the job. Implied, if you don't, you're out of a job. Uh, and then the other question comes up was, well, did Donald Trump ever say uh, when he called him, this was February 14, when he asked him to stay behind in the Oval Office by himself, told Jeff Sessions to leave, told Jared Kushner to leave, just the two of them, and he said, hey, you know, the day after, this is the day after he fired Michael Flynn. Hey, you know, Michael Flynn's really a good guy, a good guy. Can't you let up on him? Can't you just drop this investigation? Uh, I hope, I hope you'll find a way. I hope. So uh, Senator Jim Risch from um, Idaho uh, is trying to make the case that, uh, so he didn't order you to do anything, did he? James Comey says, well, that's the way I took it. I took it as a direction. Right. I mean, this is the President of the United States with me alone saying, I hope this. I took it as this is what he wants me to do. Now, you, I, didn't, I didn't obey that, but that's the way I took it. You may have taken it as a direction, but that's not what he said. Correct. I, that's why he I said, said he said, I hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Donald, Donald Trump is really a guy known for his nuance. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Get, he, get out of here. You're in the Oval Office. He's behind the desk. You're sitting in front of the desk. And the president of the United States, the most powerful person on the planet, says, I hope you will drop this investigation. That's an order. Of course it is. Look, if, How could you take it otherwise? If your boss comes to you and says, where are we on this you know, uh, thing? Like, look, I hope we can get this done by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to do? You're gonna, you you yeah. will take that as, I need yeah. to have this done by the end of the week. Your boss Period. Period. Your boss comes to you and says, I hope you're not going to do that anymore. Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, come on. That's a nice way of saying you, you, you do that once again and you're right. Out, your ass is out of here. Yeah. Right. Period. Yeah. 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 Right. And so. It, like the fact that we're arguing over yeah. the semantics here. Give it, me a break. That's what I said. Anybody who says this is good for Donald Trump or everybody who stood up and said in any way and tried to come up with any lame excuse. Uh, that was one of them. All he said was, I hope. Here's another one. Paul Ryan yesterday. I'm telling you, you know, I, 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 you know how low uh, my esteem of Paul Ryan is. It, like, can't get any lower. Here he said, well, well, Donald Trump is just, he's a novice. I mean, you have to, come on, give him a break. The president's new at this. Oh. He's oh, new to it. government. Yes. And so he probably wasn't steeped in the long-running protocols that establish the relationships between DOJ, FBI, and White Houses, he's just new to this. Uh, yeah, he's new to this. Yeah. You well, he is new to this. stupid but ass. You st for him to say that is crazy. Yeah, Donald Trump knew what he was doing when he told the Attorney General of the United States to leave the room. The president's new at this. <laughs> Donald Trump knew what he was doing when he told Jared Kushner to leave the room. He's just new to this. Oh, yeah, exactly. God. So then, uh, by by the way, this this God. let's 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 not um, um, miss the significance of this. 
So who responded for Donald Trump yesterday? Uh, there was no on-camera news conference. Instead, he sent his attorney, Mark Kazowitz, to the press club to hold a news conference. Don't miss the significance here. Donald Trump is under investigation. Donald Trump has hired an outside special counsel to represent him. That in itself shows that Donald Trump is in serious doo-doo here uh, over this matter. And what does Kazowitz say? Okay, the best he can say, and, and this is now, you can watch it on Fox News this morning. That's all they're talking about. Comey, he's a leaker. Yeah, I want to ask you about this. Mr. Comey has now admitted that he is one of these leakers. Today, Mr. Comey admitted that he unilaterally and surreptitiously made unauthorized disclosures to the press of privileged communications with the president. Get out of here. No, he didn't. That is weak. No, he didn't. Well, first of all, uh, who are some of the, uh, by the way, I think these are heroes, but who are the whistleblowers or leakers, if you want, that we know about? Edward Snowden, uh, um, uh, Chelsea Manning. Chelsea Manning, I'm sorry, or uh, Reality Winner. <laughs> reality Winner. Okay. They leaked official documents, government documents, classified government documents. That's a leak. What James Comey sent to the New York Times, or got to the New York Times through a friend, okay, were memos that he had written, not classified stuff, accounts that he had written of his conversations with Donald Trump. They were his papers. They were his notes. They were not official government documents at all. And he did it because Donald Trump had told the Russians that he was fired, that he was a nut job, and he was fired because he wanted to get the Russian investigation off his back. And James Comey, that's not, of course, what Donald Trump told him. Uh, James Comey knew Donald Trump had was lying in one case or the other, and he wanted to get his side of the story out. He wanted to get the truth out to counter Donald Trump's lies. And I might also add, this happened after James Comey had been fired. So number one, he wasn't a government employee. Number two, he did not release government documents. Okay? So yeah, he, I guess you can say, he leaked it to the New York Times, right? But (laughs) there is nothing illegal or improper about what he did. He wanted to make sure that the American people knew the truth, and that was a way to get the truth. And again, he did it. He he made the notes only because he knew Donald Trump would lie about the nature of their uh, conversations. And when Donald Trump did lie about the nature of their conversations, then James Comey said, all right, let's get the truth out there. Is the president a liar? Sarah Sanders asked that question yesterday at her off-camera briefing. Just the very fact that this question would come up at a White House briefing is stunning. No, I can definitively say the president's not a liar. And I think it's uh, frankly insulting that that question would be asked. Notice her little... Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm sure she's so insulted. Oh, so insulted. The fact that anybody would ever suggest that Donald Trump lied... Wait a minute. Uh, My stars and goddess, how could you make such an accusation about such an honest and moral man? Yeah, yeah. Barack Obama tapped my phone, said Trump Tower. Hmm. No, we will not. Uh, How about, yeah, 
I, I won the popular vote, except that five million people voted illegally for uh, for Hillary yeah. Clinton. I had the biggest uh, electoral win since Ronald Reagan. I had the biggest crowd ever seen in Washington, D.C. at any How many? Thousands of people were bussed across state lines to vote. That's another claim. This, is my, this is my favorite one. This Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. It's an excuse by the Democrats for having lost an yeah. election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. class. A pretty good one. I know. That's a class. So uh, we didn't hear from Donald Trump yesterday, except he did give a speech to the Faith and Freedom BS, whatever conference. Uh, Ralph Reed came into town to, uh, to to throw Donald Trump a lifeline so they'd have some place he could talk yesterday. And he, he painted himself, poor guy, as a victim. As you know, we're under siege you understand that. But we will come out bigger and better and stronger than ever. You watch. And then this morning, finally, by the way, that under siege. Yeah, right. You watch. We're going to build the wall, too. You watch. And then finally, under siege. I mean, yeah, he tweets this morning. Finally, wakes up, grabs his phone, tweets, despite so many false statements and lies. Total and complete vindication. And wow, Comey is a leaker. So that's where they're going with this. That's the best they can do. I mean, I've seen Fox this morning already, yeah. and Trump, and a lot of other people are, are they're really holding on to the fact that James Comey is a leaker. And as you just pointed out, it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he. He leaked his papers, a conversation that he had, not classified material, no. not classified documents. He leaked the conversation that he had, which he is totally able to do as a private citizen. This totally. is the dumbest argument they could possibly pick. Right. Now, you know, so much about James Comey. We haven't even touched on the other big, huge story of the day. We'll get more into it a little bit later, but at least to mention that Theresa May got her clock clean yesterday dumb, dumb, dumb. She called this special election because she thought, man, I am so popular. I'm just going to get every seat in the parliament. I'm going to call a special election three years ahead of time. She did. And she was in such bad shape, ran such a horrible campaign. Jeremy Corbyn, the Bernie Sanders of of Britain, the labor leader, ran a great campaign. Um, she stepped all over it on Brexit. This was they're, they're like two weeks away from starting the negotiations on getting out of the EU, and now this is all up in the air. So uh, the Conservative Party has has lost control of the Parliament. Uh, Labour Party won huge. Jeremy Corbyn now calling on her to step down and resign. And don't you miss the significance of this. This is a reflection also of Donald Trump because he meddled in that. Remember, he supported Brexit. Uh, He attacked the mayor of London. Uh, He accused the Brits of working with Barack Obama to tap his phones at Trump Tower. Uh, I think they have soured on Donald Trump, soured on Brexit, and it showed yesterday. One quick thing that I think we're always looking for lessons to take out of this, right? 72% of 18 to 25-year-olds voted. Wow. 72% yeah, of 18 to 25-year-olds voted. And that shows what happens when you run an actual progressive yeah. 
for uh, the progressive, the more progressive uh, party yeah. in an election. I bet you most of them voted for uh, for Jeremy for, for Corbyn, Jeremy too. Corbyn. Yes, yeah, right, absolutely. All right, man, so much to talk about. Let's uh, bring in Congressman Dan Kildee from uh, Michigan to pick it up there. And yeah, by the way, also the House voted yesterday to repeal uh, Dodd Frank. I mean, just one other little thing that we got to get into here on this Friday, June nine. He's just new to this. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is the Bill Press Show. Live video, Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Friday, June 9, here we are, the Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us today on a great big news day. Still rocking and rolling from the testimony of James Comey yesterday and Donald Trump finally tweeting about it uh, this morning. The Bill Press Show coming to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill here in Washington, D.C. We're brought to you today by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, uh, all the good men and women of the Teamsters Union under President Jim Hoffa. Uh, helping us build a better America. We all live better because of their good work. Check it out at Teamster.org. Uh, the House of Representatives, actually, they were supposed to be in session today. I think um, um, Paul Ryan didn't want to deal, have any more questions about James Comey, so he said, hell, let's take the day off. But still, Congressman Dan Kildee from Michigan uh, is good enough to come in this morning. Hey, Congressman. Good we're making back. you work on a day off. Absolutely. Bright and early. How are you doing? So, did you have a chance to see any of Comey's testimony yesterday? What was your take? I caught bits of it uh, as it was happening and then tried to catch up with most of it later on. You know, I don't think there was a lot uh, that we didn't already know. The fact that he had submitted his written testimony revealed a lot of, of yeah. any news that might come out. But it was there was something kind of remarkable about just hearing him say the words, uh, you know, to, to hear the former head of the FBI say with pretty sort of comfortable ease that he was just worried that the president would lie about the meeting. I mean, that's where we are, that without shocking anyone, a um, the, the former head of the FBI can just sort of drop into conversation a fear that the president would lie about a really significant moment, a meeting that took place in the Oval Office. Right. And no jaws dropped. Because, of course, we know the president lies all the time. So, In fact, he, he lies when the truth would serve him better. <laughs> that's, a, that's an excellent way of putting it. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, so here's the, until a month ago, the chief law enforcement officer of the United States, who, as you point out, under oath, says uh, he was afraid the president would lie at the very first meeting. He, the president, ha- did lie, plain and simple. Right. Uh, he was so uncomfortable with the pressure he was getting, he didn't even want to be alone with the president uh, anymore. Uh, he was so certain he would lie that he felt he had to make notes about every meeting that he had with Donald Trump. Uh, how can anybody say, this is a good day for Donald Trump? Only Donald Trump could say it's a good day for Donald Trump. Or you Paul know, Ryan. Or Paul Ryan. <laughs> you know, and... You know, God love him. I know Paul feels like he has to defend the president. But no, you don't, Paul. You know, you really don't. Uh, it's not good for the country that that people have this impression that no matter what Donald Trump does, 
that the majority, their elected representative, the person who's elected to re- represent their little hometown is supposed to be in the tank with, uh, with a president who clearly has no moral compass. We don't have to be uh, blind supporters of this guy, for God's sake. Uh, we, you know, we should do our jobs. Right, and yeah. Only a few, a remarkable few members on the Republican side have been willing to sort of say the emperor has no clothes. What is, what's it going to take? For th- I, unfortunately, and this is not a good reflection, when the interests of those members <laughs> of Congress are, that when they perceive their interests to be compromised by Donald Trump's continued presidency is when they will back away from him. But right now, they are using this guy because they know that Donald Trump will sign anything that they put in front of him. Right. In yeah. fact, without reading he it, loves of course. signing stuff. Yeah. Oh. He had a signing ceremony for an inner office memo the other day. <laughs> I mean, did you yeah. see that? You it mean was the infrastructure on thing, On the infrastructure right? thing, yeah. on, on air traffic control. Yeah. It was an inner office memo. Did nothing. I mean, he could have a signing ceremony for, like, when you go get sushi and you write it down on the little <laughs> card. He'll have cameras, and he'll say what a great day it is. You know, this guy is playing president. It's, it's, it's a... So what you're saying is sad. When their reelection <laughs> is imperiled. When their reelection or their agenda yeah. is imperiled. And, you know, they, to give them credit, let's say their agenda. They, these folks will do backflips. They would declare, you know, anyone to be, um, to be the ideal public servant if it means they can get massive tax cuts passed. And that's really what I think they're hanging on for. The Affordable Care Act repeal is a big deal. Yesterday, this uh, repeal of Dodd-Frank was a horrible piece of legislation. That passed the House mm-hmm. on almost uh, party line I want to talk to you more about that in a few in a minute. But the big deal for mm-hmm. the Republicans is, was, and always has been tax cuts for the wealthy. And until they get their tax cuts passed, they are going to try to prop this president up you know, it, it's going to be like weekend at Bernie's. They're going to carry yeah. him around <laughs> until they get their tax cuts. Right. And, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't get that. The, the thing that came out of yesterday, too, is um, it, to me, as I said earlier, if there's one big takeaway or two big takeaways, is that this whole investigation, I think, has now shifted from – primary focus was their collusion to primary focus was their obstruction of justice. And under that shift, now he may not have been under investigation before. He may be now. But he, yeah, in fact, Comey, Comey in effect, said that he is now. Yesterday, he said, I'm not going to answer whether that was obstruction of justice. That's up to special counsel Robert Mueller, which means that's what Mueller is looking at. Well, and what we don't—I mean—that is huge for sure. And and the the uh, the conversations with Comey, and I've heard different legal analyses as to whether the Constitution grants the president absolute authority to order anything. And you know, I have great respect for Alan Dershowitz. He has been the the major proponent of that theory that the constitutional authority to give any order is incontrovertible. I can't believe that ultimately that has to be the case, but. The point I was going to make is that the Comey discussions, now we have fairly good detail on because Mr. Comey kept good mm-hmm. records. But the president's interaction with other leaders of the intelligence community, we saw this 
uh, in the hearing just the other day. They refused to reveal the content of those conversations. They did intimate that the content of the conversations had to do with the investigation. Sooner or later, they're not going to be able to prevent that from coming out. It may already have been discussed in closed session. There's a lot of smoke when it comes to the potential of obstruction. I, I, I'm i not one who has leapt to the conclusion that it already meets a standard that would cause Congress to be able to act. But I'm curious enough, as every American should be, that we need to get the answers. Well, I, I was reading in the New York Times this morning, so I'm, and I'm not an attorney either, but that under the Constitution, you cannot indict the President of the United States right. for a crime. But if Robert Mueller were to say, yes, this was, uh, the President did intend, uh, uh, that this was obstruction of justice, right. it meets the test, then that's a, Congress at that point. Yeah. You can't indict him. The, the re- cannot the re- just the remedy, walk away from it. The remedy is obvious. It's in the Constitution. Uh, the question is whether that standard has been met. It's not a strict legal standard either, there, and it's not, yeah, it's not right. subject to any review by anyone, including the Supreme Court. We'll see. I'm not one that has, that has defaulted to that, um, but clearly we have to get answers to all these questions. All right. Now, you and I have talked about infrastructure before, so this is, remember, this is Infrastructure Week. Yes, it sure was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before Donald Trump himself, right? Right. Uh, with all of his tweets early in the week, changed the subject. Uh, what is happening on that front? Not much, other than the president taking a bit of a tour and talking about what he would, you know, propose. But it's 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 a coloring book version of legislation. He really hasn't proposed anything specific. There is no infrastructure bill. There's no bill. Right. There's no. It actually, isn't that, there's not a tax bill. There's not an infrastructure bill. Although apparently the tax legislation is making, quote, great progress through oh, yeah, the Congress, right. uh, mm-hmm. even though it hasn't been e- written yet. E- even <laughs> um, so uh, this infrastructure issue is the thing that the president should have led with. Of course, I you know, totally agree. I don't know. Yes. I don't know where they're getting their advice from, but it was an opportunity to do something big uh, that was meaningful and that would very likely generate bipartisan support absent you know, a set of priorities that are completely inconsistent with with um, the real needs of America. But I can't imagine that would have been the case. Nothing, though. No specifics. Uh, not even a suggestion as to, um, you know, as to how we would fund it, although you know, we've got some ideas on that. But, you know, if you're right. If, um, if Trump had come out of the box with this, the trillion-dollar mm-hmm. infrastructure plan he talked about, Get Bernie Sanders on board. Get Democrats and Republicans working together, and a real jobs bill, right? Know, not giving more money to corporations and counting them to do this, right. but a real government jobs bill. Uh, he could have signed that with a flourish. Everybody would have been there. It would have been huge. It would have right? been. A, it instead, would have been huge. It would have been huge. You right? been building roads bigly. Yeah, yeah. And instead, look, you right. know, look where he is. Yeah, and it and could look have, where the administration is. Look where the country is. And, and the impact on the economy would have been pretty substantial, yeah. and still right. could be. So let's not give up on right. this possibility. Yeah. But when you think about okay. it, if it's a trillion or a trillion and a half dollars, you can't spend that in a year. It yeah. would take you know a half a dozen, a dozen years to put this money fully out there. Think about the impact, and and secondly, think about the confidence that that would build in the U.S. economy, because the economy grows based on a couple of things. One is actual economic output. The other is confidence that that output will be sustained, which encourages private sec- the private sector to invest even more. It ramifies over time. 
Uh, for no. whatever reason, he has never been able to see that because he All really right. doesn't build stuff. He puts his name on things. Yeah. All right. Now, if you're talking about infrastructure, um, it has many, many dimensions. Why is the first thing that you, that Donald Trump talks about on infrastructure moving air traffic control out of the FAA? Does so, it make sense, and why should it be the number one goal? Number one, it doesn't make sense, and it shouldn't be on anybody's list. Why it's on his list is beyond me, except that somebody stands to make a lot of money if we privatize air traffic control. Some private interest will make a lot of money if we were to privatize that system. But it doesn't make sense. Uh, Air traffic control is a unique government function. It's not like there's a private air traffic control business out there that we can just turn to. They would have to create this thing out of whole cloth. And it's essential to national security. So the notion... Uh, that these air traffic controllers, whom I've met, they do great work. <laughs> well, we all you are know? here today because of yeah. them, right? Yeah. And they have really tough jobs. And yeah. all they really need, I've, met, I've gone to the towers. What they need is better technology because we have technology that is is much better that they don't have access to. Uh, and and they need more folk, more people. They need better working conditions. It's a stressful job. Yeah, uh, but, but even with that, they, they obviously managed to do an incredible job. Why, why have, would we change it? Why has the FAA been been dra- have they have they been? It seems that reports that they've been dragging their heels in getting into the new technology, getting away from you know radar and getting into digital. yeah. I, you know, I, I, it's it's puzzling, and I think it's because for whatever reason they haven't insisted and you know raised this issue that Congress act to get them the resources that they need. Uh, it, it is puzzling to me because as I talk to the controllers and they describe the technology that's They know that they have to. Yeah, yeah right. It's better. And, and, and in some areas they are using this new technology and it does make a huge difference. But it's, it's one of those times where, you know, if we're going to invest in national security, why would we spend $56 billion additional dollars for warfighting um, uh, capacity that is not really going to deal with the threat that's right in front of us, uh, non-state terror and cyber. Those are the two big issues. You know, an F-35 doesn't do much about either yeah. one of those issues. Why wouldn't we take some of that money and invest in state-of-the-art air traffic control systems, which really is not only a national security issue, but it's a public safety question as well. But you as know? you say, what Donald Trump did in that uh, was just sign this Saying you guys ought to be talking about this, basically yeah. memo, right? It yeah. was. Yeah, I consider it a, an inner office memo, <laughs> for which he had an elaborate signing ceremony. Everything, but you know, but the, the 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 bringing in of the colors and the saluting of the flag. It's just it, he's playing president. Maybe uh, I uh, think that, by the way, is <clears throat> the the best description of what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing president. Yeah. He's not leading. He's not leading his party. He's not showing his party the way forward. He's just right. this is all kayfabe. It's all it's all just a put on. You know, one signal to that is when he complained when this was in the context of the the travel ban, which he now clearly acknowledges is a travel ban. Right. When he was complaining about what the Justice Department did, those guys they yeah. work for him. Yeah. He is the Justice Department. <laughs> I mean Right. What is going and on in this guy's brain? He, he com- doesn't know he's president. He complained that they put the second travel ban right. in front of the Supreme Court. 
He did. Without realizing that he signed he the second travel yeah. ban. Jeff Sessions didn't write, no. sign it. He It was his. But, but in Donald Trump's world, everything that goes right, Donald Trump thought of and executed on his own with no one's help. And anything that goes bad, somebody else did it. You know, this is a, this is the true definition of a megalomaniac. I mean, there's something. Yeah. There is something wrong with the president of the United States. You're yeah. talking and about. And that's not news. No, I know. No. You're talking about. I, I don't know uh, why they won't acknowledge this. I don't know why Republicans won't see that. And, like, if they're looking for an out, there's an out. The guy needs help. Yeah. But shame well, on them, honestly. Yeah. This is what really frustrates me. Shame on them for going through all sorts of contortions to try to pretend that this is anything approaching normal behavior by anybody. Right. This is this is bizarre behavior, but it's it's becoming normalized and we are becoming numb to it because we have, you know, a handful of, of the Republican leaders who stand up there and try to put a face on this like, oh, you know, he's just new. Well, one little clue is, you know, uh, for, it used to be with the president that there was always a guy following him with, with the uh, football. Uh, with Donald Trump, there's a guy following him with a butterfly net. <laughs> 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 but you were talking about you were talking about playing president. I thought you were going to say a can of hairspray. But, well, yeah, right. But but uh, playing president. So when I went to the Rose Garden ten days ago when he's going to announce, you know, he's pulling out of Paris, the whole thing. Well, so we walk in the Rose Garden. What's going? There's a Marine jazz band playing. I mean, seriously, and all of us were looking at each other, saying, "What? This is the big." Official president announcement. I got a picture of it on my phone here. Yeah. That's weird. Right right there at that little patio at the end of the Rose Garden. Yeah, there, there's some issues there. I mean, we yeah, just got the invitation issues. to the White House picnic, oh, which I will not be attending, oh. by the way, which has just a lovely picture of Central Park on the uh, – <laughs> seriously. No, Central are you serious? Park. It's Central Park. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you kidding? For those who are going That's to funny. attend, I hope nobody shows up, you know – over there at the tavern on the green, or wherever they're going to be. I mean, I don't. That is I don't. So funny. By the way, I, I don't, don't know why you. Nuts. I don't know why you wouldn't go to the picnic. You I'm look like a guy that enjoys a well done steak with ketchup. <laughs> yes, I'm not, Are they just going to have? I, that's all they're I, going to serve. Yeah, I have just decided right. that I can't do Good it. Good for you. No, you yeah. shouldn't go. Two other issues quickly. Um, headline: Huffington Post this morning. Don't let James Comey's hearing distract you from Republicans' Obamacare repeal efforts. Yeah. They're, I mean, obviously they're still they're, at it in the they're Senate. They're still at they? it in the Senate, and they're trying to negotiate something that they can send back over. Um, our hope is, and this is something we all need to focus on, whatever the Senate produces very likely will violate some of the principles that the Republican conference required to be included in their legislation we have to hold them to that, in a sense, hold them to their own words. We have to stop this and, and, and then hopefully force the point that the improvements to the Affordable Care Act can then be the subject of the discussion. Well, there are some reports this, pardon me, this week that some of the Senate Republicans are starting to realize, you know, fix it may be better than repeal. Almost everybody actually knows that. Paul really? Ryan had a moment of truth right after they pulled their health care bill off the floor when he said, we just have to acknowledge that the Affordable Care Act will be the law of the land for the foreseeable future. Then they had to do an yeah, about that, face right. because yeah. they forgot that they promised their base that they were going to repeal the Affordable Care Act. So, 
But in in reality, even when you look at the bill that the Republicans put on the floor, we know the basic architecture is the same as the Affordable Care Act. It's just a far worse version mm-hmm. of that architecture, uh, and would blow up not only the, not only <laughs> health care, but would have a really significant impact ultimately on the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is still ongoing, and people have to be aware of that. And the other thing they did yesterday, which didn't get a lot of attention ahead of time, is some I don't I don't know how they pulled it off. Is that the House, with a pretty lopsided vote, I believe, Republicans versus Democrats, all except voted, Walter Jones was the Republican who voted with us. Is that right? That voted that. to repeal Dodd Frank. Right. Terrible piece of legislation. Um, basically, goes back to the very same conditions and worse that were in place. Before the housing, before the crisis, crash, huh? Which that it was that regulatory environment that that created the the yeah. crisis. Yeah, it yeah. allowed sure. banks, for example, under under what was uh, before the Volcker Rule was instituted as a part of Dodd Frank. It allowed banks to take depository money and invest it for their own benefit with the insurance backing of the federal government through mm-hmm. FDIC insurance. Basically, to gamble with gambling with our money. Yeah, right. You know, and if they win, they win. If they lose, we, we lose. lose. And so that's what we've come back. That's just one of the many provisions of this Dodd-Frank uh, repeal and replace that they just put into effect. But the, 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 probably the most significant aspect of the legislation <coughs> is to eviscerate the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is this independent entity created under Dodd-Frank to stand up for the American consumer against the financial interests. What they did... They took all the tools away, the ability for for the Consumer Bureau to go after deceptive or unfair practices, to bring any sorts of cases. They took that authority away. And then rather than having it function as a 10-year appointed independent uh, entity that was beholden to no one except the American consumer, they put the chief regulator, the, the Consumer Protection uh, Bureau, under the direct at-will appointment of the president of the United mm-hmm. States. Now, we know the president would never fire somebody no, because right, he didn't because like <laughs> how they were pursuing their job. Oh, yeah. But uh, to be honest, right, Dodd-Frank was, was not as strong as it should have been in the first place. Yeah, I mean, obviously. So that's another one maybe where it could use some fixing. It could but not repeal, right? No, I mean, and that's that. I mean, the areas uh, where where we obviously should be focusing on um, had to do with additional consumer protections and some additional work. I think in terms of uh, rationalizing uh, the housing market, um, we didn't go far enough in some ways. But look at it, it, or it was a too big, big to fail. Too big yeah. to fail. I mean, the effect has been we still have you know really large institutions. One of the ways to get at that that Dodd-Frank does not do is go back to, uh, you know, the, sort of the Glass-Steagall structure where investment banking and commercial banking have to be separated. Yeah, right. Uh, you, they, you wouldn't have the need for a vocal rule if you had investment banking and commercial banking uh, divided so that in depository banks would not be able to get into speculative investment banking practices using our money. So this goes to the Senate. Is it... <laughs> like this, the uh, House health care bill repeal? More than likely. DOA in the Senate? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, more than likely. The problem is it sort of it sets the parameters for a debate. 
and um, sets them pretty low. Too, sets them pretty low. So you, you worry about what kind of compromise we we might see out of the Senate when the starting point is such a terrible place. It gives a lot of room to deliver a system that is maybe a little bit better than what the House passed, but still nothing that protects the American consumer the way they ought to be protected. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that happened uh, happened yesterday sort of under the radar almost. Yeah, I mean, right? sadly, on the same day of the Comey testimony. And so hopefully people will pay attention as this goes forward. And we got to put a stop to it. We can't let this happen. Congressman, always good to see you. Good You're to very, see you. Very, very good to come in uh, So as often as you do. Have a great weekend. You too. Keep fighting the good fight. Will do. And then come back and see us. Uh, Cameron Joseph covers the White House for the New York Daily News. Uh, there with uh, Sarah Sanders yesterday saying, the president is not a liar. And Richard Nixon said, and I am not a crook either. So there you go. Thanks, Congressman. Great to see you. We'll be right back. This is the Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Those are lies, pure and plain and simple, says uh, James Comey. Uh, The line of the day that sort of sums it up, uh, his view of Donald Trump and um, how Donald Trump uh, handled this situation. And Comey had a chance to fire back yesterday, and he did not waste that opportunity at all. Hello, everybody. What do you say? It is Friday. Friday, June 9, uh, The Bill Press Show, coming to you live from Washington, D.C., with all the news of the day. And it centers, of course, on the stunning testimony by James Comey yesterday. The rather pathetic, I believe, response on the part of both the White House and Donald Trump's hired special gun, Mark Kasowitz, uh, uh, the fact that he had to hire a special gun uh, to get him out of this mess, uh, says a lot in and of itself. And, of course, on top of our news is the news that Theresa May stepped in at big time in the U.K., where uh, as big a mistake as uh, Donald Trump's firing James Comey on this Mm -hmm. side of the Atlantic, on that side of the Atlantic, was Theresa May calling a special election, which she expected to use to uh, elevate her to, like, uh, almost deputy queen or something. Uh, and it turned out she got shellacked by Jeremy Corbyn and the Labor Party. So much to talk about. That's why we're so glad that Cameron Joseph, right from the hearing room yesterday for the Daily News, is here in studio with us. Hey, Cameron, how are you? Pretty good. It was a wild day yesterday. I'll Jeez, bet it man. was, yeah. right? Being in that room must have been really exciting. We want you to tell us all about it. You will. But first... This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. We go to... St. Petersburg. Oh. 
where there is a St. Petersburg, Russia, not St. Petersburg, Florida, uh-huh. by the way. I just want to point that out. The Church of Scientology has set up a large church there in St. Petersburg, Russia, but they are under serious criminal investigation for running, quote, illegal commercial courses and collecting an illegal revenue of what amounts to $4.8 million. The Russian government is saying that the Church of Scientology is not a legitimate church and they are bilking people out of their money. And so they have actually charged them with crimes. Like I said, they've been they've taken in $4.8 million and the uh, Federal Security Service, FSB in Russia, says that uh, that is not okay. They are not allowed to collect that money as a church and that they are under investigation. Well, you know what? I never thought I would hear these words come out of my lips, but good for Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I know, right? It's I, it's weird to say. Yeah, apparently but... the Thetans don't uh, penetrate <laughs> Red Square in the same way that they assumed. I guess not. We've <laughs> oh, talked a man. lot. We've talked a lot about the NBA finals. Uh it it's looking like a rout so far. The Golden State Warriors up When's three to nothing. Next, game, next game is tonight. Uh oh. But as we have also <laughs> pointed out, the most exciting sports right now is the NHL hockey last night. Pittsburgh Penguins and the Nashville Predators. This was not a close match. The Pittsburgh Penguins ran away with this one. Six to nothing was the final score. That means they are That's up. That's high for hockey. That's way high for a hockey game. That means they lead the series now three games to two. Uh, it's still close, though. I mean, it's still anybody's series. This so. game was in Pittsburgh last night, right? That game was in Pittsburgh last night. And as somebody pointed out, which I love this tradition, Nashville has a tradition of throwing catfish onto the rink. Have you seen this? So, oh, that's wait, so Nashville. No. Like they it, can't, they can't get an octopus. They can't get an octopus. <laughs> so there's a, there's an old tradition. It originated with the Detroit Red Wings, where they throw octopuses out onto the octopuses octopi, where they throw them out onto the ice rink. And so Nashville, they can't get their hands on an octopus, so they throw they throw catfish. I never heard of either one of these. This is so this is why bizarre. you can't play hockey in places where it doesn't snow. That's right. Nashville is <laughs> the right. southern demarcation of where it's hockey team. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But somebody got a catfish into the arena in Pittsburgh last night. <laughs> got it under the ice during the game. During the well, this is actually right before the game, but the one before was during the game. So. I'm all for the catfish on the ice routine. They weren't selling catfish in Pittsburgh, so the guy had to drive it from Nashville. Drink it from Nashville. No. Can you imagine? (laughs) On your radio, on TV, and online, this is the Bill Press Show. We are under siege, is what Donald Trump says. Oh, yeah? You, haven't, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till Robert Mueller gets really into this investigation of obstruction of justice. Hello, everybody. So many questions coming out of the big hearing yesterday. Uh, James Comey, uh, our new hero. We didn't always like him, but we like him today. Friday, June 9, the Bill Press Show coming to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, joining you. Coast to Coast on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Joining you on Free Speech TV, of course, and out in the Chicago area on WCPT. Thanks for being with us in studio with us, Cameron Joseph, Washington Bureau Chief for the New York Daily News. Uh, how'd you get a seat in the hearing room yesterday? Anyhow, Signed up. That's simple yeah. as that, huh? No, I'm in the Senate a lot. I was, the, yeah. pre- the Senate press gallery had a sign-up <laughs> sheet. 
And I mean, you know, it wasn't like impossible. There was like 130 reporters in the room. It was basically like Comey, senators, a glut of reporters, and a bunch of interns who've been waiting since 4:30 in the morning was like <laughs> the content of that room. And in the hallway, I mean, it was crazy. And the line of people trying to get in. I saw that. Was yeah, that line. Not, not just it, it was such a long <laughs> line that it wrapped through this huge Senate office building into the next Senate office building down like an internal hall. Like Whoa, it went out of heart into I, I think Dirksen, like all the way around. Mm-hmm. Maybe Russell, I'm, I'm mixing up the buildings. No, but, no uh, um, Dirksen's next door. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was just this huge. I, I got up there to you know about an hour before the hearing and it was just like ogling at the line like. And, like, as I was looking one way at this huge line, like, this other woman, like, was just like, wow, this is crazy, crashes into me. And I looked at it. It's, it's, it's Steve Daines' communications director who's always just, like, you know, senator from Montana. And both of us were just like, this is nuts. <laughs> I mean, right. and, and obviously that was the least nuts part of the whole day. Uh, right. Getting into the actual hearing, like, he had some scores to settle. I was going, what and, is your, what is your, what are, what's your takeaway or takeaways? I mean, look, I, I think there's a, a big caveat we have to start with, which is James Comey is a political player who is looking to cover his own butt, um, who I think, you know, is being pretty truthful with this, but obviously is giving his version of events in which things sure. he wants sure. to share. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I'd I, say I, I a think that, savvy political player, too. Yeah, very savvy you? political player. And, and I think that it, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> You know, ridiculous that the 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 progressives who are up in arms about how Comey is undermining democracy, you know, three months ago are now singing his praises as a hero. I mean, you you can say what he's saying is important, but like, pick one, you know. Uh, but I I mean, what, what he had to say was stunning. I mean, I thought the most important line of the whole thing. Obviously, he called Trump a liar a bunch uh, about how Trump was portraying the FBI, portraying him uh, after the fact, which is interesting. The line that matters the most, the endeavor was to change the way the Russia investigation was being conducted. That's why he believes he got, Trump fired him. Right. Um, and fact, he said so. If I came with, a, with to Senator Dianne Feinstein, one of the early questions, of course, because of her seniority, where she asked him point blank, how, why do you think you were fired? Here he is. Do you believe the Russia investigation played a role? In why I was fired? Yes. Yes, because I've seen okay. the president say so. Right. That's what... Donald Trump didn't tell Comey that, didn't tell the American people that, but he told the Lester Russians Holt. that yeah. in the Oval Office. Right. He, I mean, he told the Russians, and then he basically told Lester Holt. The guy is not yes. exactly yes. Machiavelli here. Right. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's 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 been pretty – I mean, that's pretty stunning because that, that gets to obstruction of justice, and that actually could be a problem. Now, Comey was very careful. So there, there's obviously two big moving parts here is whether – Trump and his team or his team colluded with Russia to screw with the election, which obviously is the initial important problem. But, you know, I, I mean, it, it's cliche in this town, but the cover up gets you. And he wasn't subtle in firing Comey and then talking about why he fired Comey and then giving conflicting answers, but then basically saying he fired him because of Russia. Uh, so. That in and of itself is a huge problem going so, forward, so, whether, whether or not Paul Ryan wants to admit it. <laughs> well, he never will admit it. But, yeah. um, and, and we were talking about that a little bit earlier, too, that to a certain extent, the, the focus has shifted from collusion, not that collusion has gone away, to obstruction. Yeah. Right. And now we've and, got – and that's, that's a big news. And if Donald Trump was not a subject – of collusion, subject of the investigation when they were focused on collusion, 
he certainly is if they're focusing on obstruction. Yes. Right? And we and it's only him if you're talking about obstruction. Right. And and, and you know, Comey kept sidestepping directly whether he, he clearly was out there to lay out an argument for obstruction of justice. That's what his goal was of this mm-hmm. thing. And he even admitted yeah, I mean that there is a reason we have seen three weeks of scoop trade offs between the New York Times and the Washington Post. Clearly this is coming from people who were really pissed about Comey getting fired. And Comey himself, as he admitted in open testimony yesterday, had a friend read the contents right. of his memo to the New York Times, uh, which is why it was so perfectly verbatim. And, like, I kind of thought that's what happened when we saw all saw that story. It was clearly, like, Comey has decided to give this to somebody to make sure this gets out there. But it was so fascinating that he said why he did that. He wanted a special prosecutor. He wanted to make sure that somebody like Mueller got named. And obviously he and Mueller are very close. They go back. Uh, that was so telling about how little faith he had in the Justice Department and how little faith he had in this administration to actually fairly handle this. And that combined with what he had to say about Jeff Sessions and – you know, his kind of not his the non answer about why he thought Jeff Sessions was going to recuse himself weeks before he eventually did was fascinating. And how he couldn't talk about that in an open setting, he'd only talk about that in a classified setting tells me because the only reason he'd be doing that is because it's part of an ongoing investigation that this is ensnaring Jeff Sessions as well. And, you know, the, the DOJ had pushback yesterday on that, but that is hugely problematic, well, especially I, if there's the schism. I mean, it, it seems like there's a pretty clear schism right now between Sessions and Trump, and how that plays out could be fascinating. Uh, I had a news flash this morning when I woke up. It was on my phone. I think it was from the New York Times that reportedly in the secret session yesterday afternoon, Comey said that there was yet another meeting by Jeff Sessions that had not yet that, that had I not hadn't been seen made. that yet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, maybe you can find out. I, that's that, that he told them in in, spe- in secret session about another meeting. With interesting. Them. Yeah. Which, which um, obviously, somebody. Yeah, and, and and obviously, I think you know Jeff Sessions, as, in his role as a senator, should be meeting with diplomats like the Russian ambassador. There isn't something inherently wrong about that. It was suspicious that when he was asked directly about that twice during his confirmation hearing that he didn't say anything about it. I don't make as much yeah. out of the when, – when he filled out his security forms and, you know, who have you met foreign powers. It sounds like that story was a little overblown that he left that off because he didn't mention all of the ambassadors. He, you know, like – so singling out the fact that he didn't mention Russia I think is a little facetious. But if I will see who he met if this was an official capacity as a senator meeting with Kislyak again. But CNN reported on Thursday that fired FBI Director James Comey told senators in a closed hearing that Sessions may have had a third interaction with Russia's ambassador to the U.S., according to people familiar with the briefing. Uh, one person who came out pretty quickly on that was Senator Richard Blumenthal, who said that if he did have that meeting, quote, that could be perjury. There's another uh, <laughs> just yeah. another, just to add another wrinkle just to the whole another. thing. <laughs> I want to come back to what you ta- you, you mentioned because uh, obviously for the uh, the White House uh, and for Fox News, the fact that Comey admitted getting this document to the New York Times through his friend is their big story. Marco Rubio said that was a that was the biggest news of to come out of the hearing. Uh, this is. Uh, Donald Trump's hired gun, Mark Kazowitz, yesterday uh, at the press club, and that's that's that was his whole thing too. 
Uh, and that was Donald Trump's tweet this morning as well. But here's Kasowitz yesterday. Mr. Comey has now admitted that he is one of these leakers. Today, Mr. Comey admitted that he unilaterally and surreptitiously made unauthorized disclosures to the press of privileged communications with the president. All right. So, you know, we've had the war on leakers, right? Back, by the way, under Barack Obama and now under Donald Trump. But uh, is this the same thing, what Comey did? No. I mean, like, it's there's there's two things that they keep conflating. And I know this is a little complicated, but there is actual intelligence, which is classified and maybe overclassified, but usually classified for good reason, that is to protect America. And then there is talking about private conversations, which is how reporters do their jobs and not protected. And, you you know, th- there was an argument that Trump could have made before the fact about claiming executive privilege, which I think – you know, was a bit on quicksand, but mm-hmm. there was an argument about this. You know, he needs to do his job. Yeah, it's, right. it's kind of a long, complicated legal argument, but he didn't make that. He chose not to make that. Uh, that I don't think would have stood anyways, but said, yeah, go ahead and testify and say what you're going to do. And now they're complaining about it after the fact is ludicrous. Right. And plus, Comey was at this point a private citizen. Yeah. Right. Uh, these were his personal notes. Yeah. Not classified information. No. And he made sure to make – I mean he said during the testimony, he's like, I made sure this was unclassified. He wanted to make sure that this right. was shareable, which and, is telling and that wrote, early on he was, he knew he was going to maybe have to do this. He wrote the notes as he testified because he believed that Donald Trump might lie about the content yeah. of their conversations. And he only released the memo or leaked it if you prefer that word. When Donald Trump, in fact, did lie about the content of their conversation, right? Yeah. So, yeah, whether it's hanging from the nearest tree is what they want to do. No, I mean, I don't. I, I, it's not the same at all. I mean, there. This is not an Edward Snowden leak, right? No, no. There, this is not classified information. Like you, you know, that you can. I'm not going to get into the whole whether Snowden should have leaked WikiLeaks, yeah, right. all that stuff. Yeah. You know, no, that, but, that's a big old rabbit hole. But this wasn't that. This was him talking about a private conversation he had with the president that was only private because the president made it private because he cleared the room. And he is within his rights to do so. Now, if he was acting FBI director, that would be undercutting the president and problematic. Sure. But and that that would be a fair argument. Exactly. Like if that was the argument, that's that's a fair argument. You know, you, you there's like an argument to make. Well, he was at the time, so he shouldn't be. But. Trump didn't make that. No. He decided not to make that argument, uh, which I think wouldn't have held up that well. But like, Right. You, you just jumped over something I want to come back and ask you about is that because Comey certainly saw this as significant. So he's in the Oval Office with a group of people and he asks Comey to stay behind. And Jeff Sessions is here because Jeff, Jeff Sessions is his boss. He's the attorney general. Da, da, da. And trying to Do- linger. Donald Trump is, yeah, trying to linger. And Donald Trump said, no, Jeff, you get out of here. Yeah. And then Jared Kushner, of course, he's, he's Trump's biggest advisor, but number one advisor. And he's there because he, he, no, Jared, you get out too. Mm-hmm. That, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. They were worried about what he was going to do in that private, private meeting. Um, or, you know, I mean, there's a kind of argument of we, we're worried what Comey might say you said if the two of you are left alone. But I think more likely than not, that's not why he was concerned and why Comey's spidey sense went mm-hmm. off when it did. 
Uh, and it's pretty notable that some of Trump's most senior and at that point trusted people were worried enough about his pattern of behavior and maybe something he'd said to them he was planning to do in this private meeting right. that they didn't want to leave the two of them alone. Now, uh, the one uh, little semantic issue we got into uh, very early in the hearing was Jim Risch from uh, yeah. Idaho um, about the word, uh, Jamie, if we can, about the word hope. <laughs> uh, now, so he didn't order you, did he? Uh has anybody been indicted for saying he would hope hope something that would happen? Uh, Senator Risch from uh, from Idaho. Okay, well, yeah, I know. You, you remember when he said, "Yeah," uh, and, and Comey admitted that he didn't say, "You must end this investigation." No, but he took he it says, as directed. You know, yeah. Here, here, here he is. Yeah, I took it as a direction. Right. I mean, this is the president of the United States with me alone saying, "I hope this." I took it as this is what he wants me to do. Now, you, I, didn't, I didn't obey that, but that's the way I took it. You may have taken it as a direction, but that's not what he said. Correct. I, that's he what said, I said. He said, I hope. How could Comey take it any other way? You're sitting there in the Oval yeah. Office across the desk here like you and I are, right? You're the president of the United States, and you say, I hope you'll find a way to get rid right. of this. Right. It would be a tragedy if something happened to your shop. Yeah. And, and, and Comey quoted later um, – <laughs> Beckett line. I'm going to screw it up, but oh, you know, well, won't, yes. won't, won't right. someone rid me of this meddlesome priest? Meddlesome yeah. priest. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. was, you know, it, it's one of those. If I put it in the passive voice, if I don't directly say it, but like, who will rid me of yes. this meddlesome priest? Right. <laughs> which, which was just amazing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the the ludicrousness of that. With you know, Jim Rich is, is you know clearly a partisan <laughs> trying to. Draw out a point, but you know, a relatively a relatively honest partisan, if that makes yeah. sense. Like he, okay, let's find this. Well, let's try try and create some gray area. That's well, that's not what he really was saying. Let's cloud the issue. Um, and Comey's like, nope, that ain't how that played out. And so I, I mean, look, open every conversation's open to interpretation and misinterpretation. But if it played out the way it seems, and James Comey's line of Lordy, I hope there are tapes, I think is telling. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Donald Trump has those tapes, I don't, I mean, we'll see if there were tapes in the first place and whether he erased them. If the White House were. won't say that they're. No, they're being yeah. very cagey about that, which I think is very telling. Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't want to admit that there are. They're in this position where they can never admit that Donald Trump just made shit up about anything and it's this position uh that um he they can't admit that he was lying and they can't admit that he was full of it but also they can't admit that there were tapes because then they're gonna have to hand them over right and it's this huge problem for them um all right so this what happens now with robert Mueller in this investigation he keeps investigating i mean it's that's the thing is is that firing Comey didn't stop this; it accelerated it, and it created the initial investigation, which is crucially important. But now it creates this separate thing that even if Trump didn't have, they can't prove that he had any involvement with Russia. Um, and I think that's a big if, given what we've seen yeah. with Flynn, what we've seen with mm-hmm. some all, all these other folks who who uh, clearly had contact with Russia. 
there is still an argument for obstruction of justice. And I don't think that's going to be something that a Republican Congress impeaches Trump over. But it clearly is something – I mean th- there's there's impeachment and then there's how this plays out politically and whether Democrats can run on – we need to be a check on Donald Trump and capture back the House in 2018 and how this plays out for the 2020 right. elections and what this means for the Republican agenda. And this is hugely problematic and damning for Trump right now regardless of anything Russia related. Mm-hmm. And right. that – the Russia investigation is going to keep going on and it's going to keep going on quietly and behind the scenes and frankly how it should be. And obviously we're all going to be interested for any nuggets of information we can get out of that. But in the meantime, we've seen all that's happened since. And this is all since he won. And these are all self-inflicted wounds, unforced errors, own goals. And that's what's stunning about this is how ham-handed they've been about it. I mean, all the stunning things, yeah. What does it say that it was Mark Kasowitz at the press club yesterday responding for Donald Trump. So, so that, that Donald Trump has hired an outside special yeah. counsel. Well, I mean, I think it says a couple things. I think that first it says he needs an outside special counsel, which is notable <laughs> because the White House's counsel, counsel's office isn't it, handling it. Which said there's nothing. They, they and also they said there's nothing to this. It's a nothing burger, right? Right, All and the, and they're trying they're trying to silo this so that the White House can try and do its job, although that. It has its own inherent difficulties right now because of uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now that now they can have you know Sarah Sanders or, or uh, Spicer go out there and say, well, that ask Kazowitz. That's you know we're referring that to them. Um, but I think it was also notable. You know, there's a lot of reporting that four major law firms turned down Trump that they mm-hmm. didn't feel mm-hmm. like they could rely on him. As can a you client. imagine? The can you imagine having to represent him? I mean, it's it, we, have we ever seen another point in history where the president has to shop around and basically his personal word, the credit of his personal word is so weak that four different major law firms don't want to take him on is mind-blowing. I, I mean, that's – if you're a law firm working for the president, even if it's for a hard case – you know. I don't think Bill Clinton, no. even when he was like looking at impeachment himself and had clearly done things wrong – was worried about finding a lawyer. Yeah, right. Like Richard Nixon. He found a couple of good. Bob yeah. Bennett re- re- represented him at the time. Yeah. He's a damn good lawyer. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about being a, being a lawyer. Bernard Jordan was out there. Yeah. It's not, you know, even if your client's guilty, you can still prove your mettle and make a lot of money later off of showing how good a lawyer you are and defending them. And they don't feel like he can be consistent enough and that they wanted to take that on, you know, and, and so that that was interesting to me as well. I, I think that the cover of today's New York Daily News uh, sums it up uh, quite I, well. I, oh, okay. oh, yeah. As I'm sure a lot of you have seen, we'll retweet it from uh, our account at BP Show if you haven't seen it. But it's just a photo of Trump's face. It says Comey's explosive accusations and in giant letters, liar. That's it. Yep. Trump lied about Flynn obstruction. Tried to, uh, uh, Trump lied by calling Russia case a hoax. Trump lied about why I was fired. And just a picture of Trump's face, gigantic words, liar. So uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure you didn't have a chance to hot foot it from the uh, uh, Hart office building over to the White House yesterday for the off-camera briefing with no, Sarah I was, Sanders. I was watching the, yeah, Comey was still talking while... Uh, yeah, yeah. So there... And uh, Sarah's asked the question you knew that she was going to get. Uh, here's her response. No, I can definitively say the president's not a liar. And I think it's uh, frankly insulting that that question would be asked. 
<laughs> Tough Boy. job, that job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She has to giggle when she says it, right? And it's just... Uh, God. Yeah. Um, I can definitively say the president's not a liar. <laughs> well, I am not a crook. When it comes when it comes down to that, right? At the briefing, that's all I asked to ask if the president's a liar. It's pretty sad. Uh, there we are. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Theresa May. You see any connection between what happened there and what's going on here? I mean, look, I'm not a British expert. Like, I, I don't understand how that works at all. I love everybody that became British experts yeah, in like 30 and, minutes last night. I'm not either, but I have an opinion about it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, it's pretty stunning. Something. Yeah. pretty stunning uh, in terms of. Yeah, I mean, clearly don't call an election unless you're pretty sure you're going to win the election. Um, <laughs> well, she was that, at the time. And by right. the way, most people said she was right, right? Oh, this is going to be – she's going to pick up all kinds of seats and have a majority like they've never had before. Yeah, well, pr- pride comes part. before the election. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, you know, I, it don't, I, I think a lesson is don't be cocky. I like. I'm not an expert on Britain. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to try and claim on why this happened or how the terrorism stuff played out or you know anything. Like I have not been following that. There's enough here that I've been watching closely, but clear, clearly shot herself in the foot. Yeah, and uh, and we'll see. But what that means for for Brexit is really, I think, the big the big question. I just yeah. I just saw that the, that she met with the Queen today. I mean, I don't know whether that means she's planning on. Stepping down, I just find it hard to believe. I mean, from what I understand, I think it's it's you have to ask per, official permission as the largest party to be able to try and form a coalition government. And that's what she says. And, she's she's going that direction. Is what reporting is saying that she's going to try and form a government to try and guide through the Brexit talks. Which good luck with that. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't know how that's going. I like I literally I genuinely don't know how that's going to work. You Brexit, you bought it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I don't know, you know, how they wiggle out of it at this point, but there are a couple of stories back, back to uh, uh, to our mess here at home. A couple of stories this morning that um the White House has decided after firing James Comey uh that they'd better stick with Jeff Sessions after all. Right. Yeah, early in the week, it's so, president has lost all confidence in Jeff Sessions. I mean, I don't think that he was ever going to fire him. I think some of this reporting got a little overblown. It is, st- I mean, I've been using this word a lot today, but stunning. Yeah, I'm kind of stunned that uh, we are looking at a schism between President Trump and Jeff Sessions, who, if he could have built a candidate in a vault probably at least maybe not some of you know his his weirder predilections but like of policy positions trump is exactly what jeff sessions wanted to see in the white house and he was such an early and ardent and active supporter uh even though his buddy ted cruz was running he went with trump over cruz and uh he fought really hard for him the entire time. He was one of his most loyal and most powerful foot soldiers. And as soon as he does anything Trump doesn't like, Trump throws him under the bus. And this goes to a bigger problem for the White House is that Trump demands, as we saw with the Comey testimony, he demands absolute loyalty from everybody. And he is unwilling to reciprocate. And do you want to work for a boss who doesn't give you any leeway, who demands everything and then won't stand up for you? You know, say, say what you like. People complain about Hillary Clinton. That loyalty was a two way street. Yeah. And oh, yeah. she was yeah. intensely loyal to the people who were intensely loyal yeah. to her. Right. 
Uh, and that's how you build a bunker. And that's how you protect yourself when things go bad. And when people see things like Trump is having problems with Sessions, how easy do you think it's going to be to fill that communications director role in the White House or any of these open positions, sub-cabinet I'm positions? I'm surprised you found government? an FBI director, frankly. Yeah. And, and with independence, I'm sure yeah, there's going right. to be a fair amount of that. Um, but, yeah, how do you – I mean, you couldn't find a dang lawyer. And that's part of this is, is that you, you can't rely on the guy – to stay, say what he has been saying or to say what he's promised to say or to do what he's promised to do. I mean, this is the president of the United States and people are having to treat him like, like a, a child throwing a tantrum at times that <laughs> they kind of have to like just let, let it, like get enough space and let him yell himself out at times. And this is huge. I mean, I, I don't know how he builds a team around him that can protect him if they can't trust him to protect himself. Wow. I mean, just, <laughs> there's so much there that is so good. He is. He's like a child throwing a tantrum, right, in the White House. So they just lock him in his room and turn the cable TV on and let him shout at the cable just TV. just ho- hope that he doesn't tweet. I, I mean, uh, like, so I, I, I'm basing this off of other people's reports. But, yeah, like keeping the phone away from him yesterday <laughs> during the testimony with his lawyers. Uh, they had to, like, beg him not to tweet is what uh, I read. Yeah, you know. I think we were talking. I think the price, Kasowitz's price for doing this yesterday was you can't tweet all day long, or you know, or yeah. I'm or I'm not going to do this. Yeah, and now and now he's tweeting and, and now he's tweeting a liar. And, <laughs> right. Uh, let's all right. go to the tape. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, you're going to see a lot of hearings while uh, you're covering uh, this town, but you'll never see one like yesterday. Uh, indeed, Cameron Joseph. Washington VOC for the New York Daily News, nydailynews.com, of course. Thanks, Kim. Have a great weekend. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. All right. Uh, Elena Shore from uh, Politico steps in next. Release the entire, release all the tapes. I'm good with it. Download our podcast. Search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Here we go on a Friday, June 9, uh, our last half hour together for this week. Uh, great to see you today. Thank you for joining us here on the uh, Bill Press Show. Washington, D.C., just down the street from the Hart Senate Office Building is where you find us. And, you know, it is a Friday, so get your paycheck today. You want to put it in a bank uh, where you as a progressive are proud to bank? Well, check out Amalgamated Bank, amalgamatedbank.com, one of our sponsors here for almost a century. Amalgamated has been the bank of choice for progressive organizations and individuals nationwide. You, too, wherever you are in this country, can bank at Amalgamated online. It's, again, amalgamatedbank.com. Uh, Cameron Joseph from the New York Daily News inside the hearing room yesterday, uh, just laying in wait outside, or lying, I guess the word should be, in wait outside the hearing room uh, to snag senators on their way out. Alana Shore from Politico. Hey, Alana, how are you? Good. How are you, Ben? Big day yesterday, huh? Huge day. Yeah. You were part of the crowd outside. I saw that line. The line went on. Oh, like it was ridiculous. From the Capitol to downtown almost, right? People yeah, trying none to of get those in. folks were going to get in. No, right? There Just were, the spectacle. 
There, most of, I, I even saw some members of Congress were there as observers, you know, uh, members of the House, obviously not part of the Senate panel, yes. but in the audience. And then there were tons of reporters. My favorite uh, in the audience was Preet Bharara, <laughs> yeah. the U.S. attorney who Trump fired. No. Had a seat reserved for oh, him. Oh, what? Did he really? Well, he's a former counsel for Schumer. So, you know, that's a pretty easy get. Yeah. But crack me up. <laughs> That's interesting that he was there. So, um, and he had plenty of things to say too. He was tweeting about it. Yesterday. Oh yeah, he oh. was a fun tweeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh really? Huh. Yeah. Uh, here's here's just his, what he tweeted. Main this is a quote. Main Comey hearing takeaway. POTUS improperly said, drop Flynn case and only refutation is secondhand error filled statement from paid attorney Kazowitz. Um, and then replying to the Associated Press when Paul Ryan says that. Trump is unfamiliar with the protocol. He's new to the job. Uh, Preet says, silly, DJT, Donald, uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, knew the protocol well enough to attack rally after campaign rally the breach of protocol in Clinton's tarmac meeting with Lynch. So he, he's ignorant on some things, but he knows it when he wants to know it. Uh, by the way, on that point, uh, Comey didn't hold back when it came to that tarmac meeting, did he? He did not. It's clear there's no love lost between him and Loretta Lynch. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, it was really a kind of a win for Republicans that he went to that as often as he did because it allowed them to change the subject back to Hillary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that that was uh, one of the things that triggered his um, announcing the reopening of the investigation, uh, the collusion, not collusion, well, maybe the meeting anyhow between Loretta Lynch and, and Bill Clinton on the tarmac, which was a dumb thing to do. Um but he also uh, pointed out that um, uh, Loretta Lynch asked him not to call it an investigation, to call yes. it, refer to it as this matter. Yes, and Lynch had a had a counterpunching statement, or rather, through an emissary after the yeah. hearing. It, it went that badly for her. So, right. uh, but I, and I thought it was interesting that Comey said he didn't challenge her at the time. He just said, "Okay, I'll do that," because he knew that the media wouldn't pay any attention to the word matter. And in fact, they didn't. They called it an investigation. So true. And in fact, like that underscored what <laughs> I, I feel like is... He's, he's a smart cookie. Yeah. He is. But the underreported takeaway from me from, from this hearing is that Comey is like a Washington knife fighter extraordinaire. I mean, we knew it, but Total. then we saw it. That reference to the lynch meeting and also his discussion of why he didn't um, immediately alert other Trump aides about what went on during the one-on-one meeting. He said, well, you know, I just thought I would I would let it go. I talked to the White House Counsel's Office. Clearly, he's he wasn't going to be the kind of guy who's going to stand up and say, this is not appropriate, Mr. Right. President. Uh, right. And also, I think, to me, uh, the greatest sign about a savvy insider fighter, knife fighter he is, is that he released his testimony 24 hours ahead of the hearing. Oh, yes. So that, right, that, that set the whole stage for the hearing. And then he he didn't even, everybody knew, he didn't even have to read it again. He wasn't even going to try. And then his, it was hardly off the cuff. He had clearly rehearsed his opening statements. I kept wondering if he was looking at a teleprompter because he looked straight ahead without looking at any notes and gave that open, what was it, maybe like seven minutes or something. I didn't time it. Yeah, it was a very Which is where very he well said about the FBI and apologized to them and said those were lies, pure. Uh, that that very first line, Jamie, if again, that those were lies, pure, plain and simple. Pure and which simple, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that uh, everybody has picked up on. It was part, not in response to a question, that was part of his uh, uh, opening statement. Those were lies, so spare, yeah. plain and simple. 
and I am so sorry that the FBI workforce had to hear them, and I'm so sorry that the American people were told them. Right. Boy, uh, from that moment on, you knew. <laughs> Katie barred the door, right? All right, so you were uh, out there trying to snag uh, members of the Senate leaving the hearing room uh, successfully? Oh, sure. Well, not all of them admitted to watching it. Mostly Republicans said, oh, gee, I can't really comment. You know, I'm going to watch it later. Uh, The Republicans uh, we did talk to, our Congress team, kind of let out a big shrug. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Uh, And inside, what do you think they were feeling? Uh, I mean, privately and inside, I think it's indisputable that this will be terrible for their agenda. This is just more of a distraction. I mean, I, I mean, you're McCain's and Graham's, despite McCain's kind of very shaky performance. I think he's where he's always been, which is extremely concerned about this. I think he was just trying to use his time in the spotlight. I don't know if, you know, listeners and viewers know that John McCain actually had to quasi apologize yeah. for his line of questioning. Yeah, he, he put out a statement uh, saying that he was up too late watching a baseball game the night before. No, did yes. he really? Yes. He was uh, not prepared, off the wall. Off subject, off topic, yeah, embarrassing. No one got it. But even John McCain, I think, it, privately behind closed doors, thinks, my God, we need to sort of put this to bed or else forget about Obamacare repeal, forget about the tax cuts we really want. I mean, it's it's just getting worse. So uh, uh, did word go out that, um, that okay, these are the talking points, right, among, among Republicans? I mean, clearly— one of the and by the way, Democrats do the same thing, they right? Do. Send out their talking points. So I'm not saying that that's evil, but it seems that there were talking points, and one of them was uh, he never ordered you to do it. That's like Jim Rich took that line, right? He didn't order you to do it. He just said, "I hope, I hope that you would uh, you would do this." And that's really potentially even what the legal debate comes down to, right? Was that obstructing or not? So. Republicans are clearly taking the side that benefits their team. I will say, though, yes, Republicans were on message, but Democrats didn't seem to have talking points because they had several different opinions on this. Um, If anything, it's Democrats, I believe, who face the most pressure stemming from this Comey business. Because? Because quite a few of them we talked to said this makes the obstruction of justice case stronger. Uh, This is huge. And even the ones who said this is huge, a lot of them also said... Mm, let's just leave this to Mueller. We have other stuff on our plate right now. We have hmm. to fight them on health care. We have to fight them on their bad budget. And this, I think, is Democratic leadership's perspective. Obviously, they think it's serious. But the more that Democrats get into this parlor game of was it obstruction or not and what will Mueller find, the less they're talking to voters about issues that actually poll better ahead of the midterms. So um, some of them are saying Donald Trump is in is doing a good job of destroying himself, right? Yes, more or less. Just and and Robert Mueller's on the case. We can't do anything about it anyhow. Let that happen. Yes. Huh? Exactly. And let's focus on our agenda. And it's not that others disagree, but there's a handful of Democrats and it's growing who just can't help but speculate about how bad this is going to get. So Yeah, no, I can see I mean, if I if I were in Congress, I'd be torn between which way to go because uh, you want to you want to uh, you know, kind of seize the moment to pound on Donald Trump as much as you can in the Trump administration. At the same time, you really want to say, here's who we are as Democrats and this is what we offer. Th- this is the same um, debate that was held inside the Hillary Clinton campaign for president. 
and attacking Donald Trump uh, won out as the uh, as the way to go. And we know what we happened see how there. Well that did. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, ex- exactly. Yeah, I think that's the real problem. I mean, like you said about Republicans, they seem to have gotten the same set of talking points, speaking from the same hymnal. I mean, it's not a real effective hymnal, right? I mean, their most effective right. talking point was this was a bad day for Loretta Lynch, who's no longer in office. Yeah, yeah, right. That was one. And another one was uh, as famously espoused by, by the, way, the, uh, the, the Loretta Lynch. The, sorry, I mean, the Loretta Lynch thing. You're right. That was a bad day for Loretta Lynch. Who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Right. That's why John uh, John McCain is spending all that time talking about Hillary. Who cares? Who cares? Hillary right. who? That was where McCain's line of questioning came from, fundamentally. This idea that, okay, if we talk enough about the Obama administration's misdeeds, right. that'll somehow change the topic. It won't. They're not here. I mean. Yeah, right. Uh, so the other line of, uh, line of, not so much attack, line of defense, uh, the weakest of all, I think, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan says, well, you know, you have to understand it's only June and, you know, he's never been in government before. Here's Paul Ryan. The president's new at this. He's new to government. And so he probably wasn't steeped in the long running protocols that established the relationships between DOJ, FBI and White Houses. He's just new to this. Oh, yeah, that's it. Poor guy. Just a babe in the woods. Donald Trump Mm -hmm. wandering around. Yeah. Uh, and there's enough in the Oval Office to tell Jeff Sessions, no, you get out of here, Jeff. Jared, no, Jared, you get out of here, too. I just want to talk to Comey by myself. I mean, Paul Ryan's is in a re- he's in a real interesting position right now because he can't even raise the debt ceiling without, you know, throwing his guys under the bus and looking for Democratic votes. He's arguably in way more trouble than Mitch McConnell, despite his seeming victory on Obamacare. Mm-hmm. So I think he's perhaps the most eager of all Republican leaders to change the subject. And that's right. what you get. <laughs> uh, and the number one line of uh, uh, defense uh, yesterday uh, from the Republican side uh, was... Uh, down uh, at the press club yesterday afternoon, uh, hired gun James Kasowitz, uh, Mark Kasowitz, uh, Mark yeah. Kasowitz. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. Um, saying, well, here now we know who James Comey is. He's nothing but a leaker. Mr. Comey has now admitted that he is one of these leakers. <laughs> Today, Mr. Comey admitted that he unilaterally and surreptitiously made unauthorized disclosures to the press of privileged communications with the president. So we have Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning, reality winner, and now James Comey. Does that stick? No. I mean... (laughs) One can call anything leaking. One can call our conversation me leaking inside observations from Congress to you. That doesn't make it any kind of a crime. Um, that's just, yeah. I mean, that's silly on a certain level. And and lawmakers yeah. know it, although Republicans will pretend that they don't. Right. Um, Kazowitz's performance was, uh, what's a way to diplomatically say not good? Okay, not good. Um, his The typos in his prepared statement. Oh, yeah. The refusal to take questions when you have an event at the National Press Club. Why didn't you just record yourself and release it on YouTube or something? I mean, it was, it was bizarre. Um, in fact, I was just going to... Um there are these are seven pages of notes that I took yesterday <laughs> watch while I was watching the hearing. So I'm going to hand these yeah. to you. Bill. I want I want guys, everybody uh, guys. Uh, we were watching a leak happen live on video. Oh. You are from Politico. <laughs> I am handing you my handwritten memo. My notes. <laughs> 
I am written memo. And I didn't even need to send you my secure drop key. That's right. No, huge. there it is. We just, I just leaked. You just watched a leak I'm happen. A leaker. <laughs> but that's what it was, yeah, right? Yeah, no, that's what it was. That yeah. he is one of these leakers. They, they mm. just don't understand what it means, I think. Like, to just say that. That's a leak. They just don't understand the meaning of the word yeah. leak. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think they they're, do. They're just hoping the American people sure. don't. Yeah, right. I think this is deliberate naivete. And, I mean, for uh-huh. their base, it's working. I mean, you saw what Trump tweeted this morning. Yeah. That's going to be. But but what Trump, I don't know if he realizes, is he is more or less accusing Jim Comey of a felony at this point. Yeah, when you go sure. on, which yeah. Spicer has said is his official platform on Twitter, and say, you know, mm-hmm. all these false statements, now Jim Comey's leaking. Um, Trump wasn't under oath when he said that. Right. So this is just going to complicate things. Yeah. No, he is implying that James Comey has broken the law and should be prosecuted because he leaked. I mean, the implication here is that he is a government employee who leaked official confidential government documents, none of which is true. And Comey did actually, let's he be clear, was, say that he wrote those memos without confidential status, knowing that he might do this, going right. back to the knife fighter. He knew what yeah, he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He also, when he leaked, was not a government was no longer a government employee. That's right? number two, indeed. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and he also said, I think was was very telling, he, he wrote the memos because he knew from the day he met Donald Trump, the first time he met with him, that Donald Trump was very likely to lie about the nature of this meeting. So he wrote these memos that he would have in case Donald Trump did lie about his meetings, and he only released the memo when Donald Trump did lie about his meetings to the Russians, uh, and he felt he had to get the truth out. I thought one of the most I, I underrated the, exchanges uh, uh, from Comey, though, was with Joe Manchin, where Manchin actually crowdsourced his questions yeah. from West Virginians, which turned out much better than you thought it yeah, was. Right? Oh, me too. And also, I think, yeah. I also de- think deflated that it was, whole... It was like 9 to 1 or something, wasn't it? I forget now, but Manchin. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it also deflated this whole idea that real America doesn't care about this stuff. Yeah. Right? So yeah. true. That's you a know? very good point. Like, for all this talk that you hear from a lot of the base and a lot of Republican politicians, like, eh, real people don't care about this. Joe Manchin's from West Virginia. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get much more real America than West Virginia. Right. right? And, very right. true. And he was flooded with, with questions. And, you know, two great admissions from Comey that Manchin elicited were, uh, for all I know, Hillary Clinton might have fired me as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I think is important context here. I I mean, Comey is a guy who made mistakes and errors, which in a way has made him a more credible witness because he was admitting to those up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And secondly, this idea that, um, you know, Jim Comey did all this with the memos. He didn't like Donald Trump. He knew that this might come to this and he did it over Russia. He said the American people have lost track of Russia's misdeeds in this election. And that, you know, raised eyebrows to me because we're about to be headed for a huge Russia sanctions vote next week that nobody was talking about. Right. But Jim Comey knows. Right. So he's saying, guys, let's not, you know, take our eye off the ball here. The reason why I orchestrated this whole business with Donald Trump is because America forgot what Russia is doing to us, Republicans and Democrats alike. Yeah. I thought that was Uh, a really powerful exchange. It is. I want to come back to that in just a sec, but I do have to. It, it, it's, it's what I, the, the, one of the exchanges that I enjoyed most was when he was asked, why didn't why did you go through a friend to get it to The New York Times? Why didn't you give it the media to yourself? And that's what he talked about. The is do we I don't even know where we have that bite. The seagulls, Jamie. I guess not. No, I don't well, think no. we have seagulls. But remember, he said I do. because the media were camped in his driveway. 
He was he and his wife were trying to get out of town to go hide. He said for yeah, a few hide. days. Hide. Hide. The media was there, and he said, if he started giving it to me, it would have been like feeding seagulls at the beach, which I thought was great. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've done that so many times. Or I, my picnic has one, been one of those, so Yeah, one times. of those comparisons that sting because you know it's true. I know. Yeah, it's just so colorful. It was just so unexpected uh, to him. So back to the Russian thing. Here is where Comey did say about, he, he said, you know, no fuzz on this at all, right? That the this is really serious stuff. There should be no fuzz on this whatsoever. The Russians interfered in our election during the 2016 cycle. And, Comey said, they are coming back. That's the, the, yes. That is, I think, almost the most important exchange, no matter what happens to Donald Trump. Uh, Yeah. Indisputable fact. Yeah. No, he said, this is serious. They're at it. They're at it like in other countries. And they are not, this was not a one-time thing. Uh, they've been doing this for a long time. They're getting better at it. Uh, and uh, that, that statement that they're, they, you know, they're coming back, I thought was really chilling. I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if you see like more than 70 votes for really strong new Russia sanctions, which I'll remind you the Trump administration does not want next week. And part of it will be because of Comey's statement. Mm. Wow. So you the, know, I think this is ruffling people. Republicans yeah. are waking up and going like, so oh, who's God. Pushing, who's pushing these new Russians or the tougher Russian sanctions? So what's going on with Russia's sanctions is, you know, Bob Corker, foreign relations chairman, had, mm-hmm. had kept wanting to wait and wait and wait and see if Rex Tillerson could make any progress before he moved a sanctions package. And, you know, just a confluence of factors. Now they have an Iran sanctions bill on the floor. So opening to debate Russia sanctions. And Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer sat down. Schumer said, like, Democrats are not going to vote to pass this Iran bill unless we get to have a Russia debate. McConnell said, OK. So now the only question is, how strong will this package be? And I mean, I've been reporting this out all week. It's, it's looking pretty strong, hmm. much stronger than people expected or realized. And I think it ties into this whole Comey statement. And the Trump administration has said they will. So will they sign it or the Trump administration's been quiet on this. I think they've been pretty distracted with other matters. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, I mean, once the, once the final text of this comes out, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens maybe Monday, then you might see the White House getting involved. But there's not much they can do at this point. Train's out of the station. Mm-hmm. Um, I read somewhere this morning, I'm sure Politico or somewhere else, that uh, one reporter kind of issuing the warning, don't let the Comey hearing distract you from repeal of Obamacare, which is still churning in, mm-hmm. in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Is it? Very much so. Well, yeah. Donald Trump says it hasn't happened because Democrats are just being obstructionist. <laughs> well, Mitch McConnell made the decision before Donald Trump's inauguration to not rely on Democratic votes. So Democrats know they're more or less irrelevant here. I was uh, Democrats, uh, we would hope that, I would hope that they'd be obstructionist, but they haven't really had an opportunity to obstruct on this issue yet. Are Republicans together on a bill? Do they have a... In the Senate, I'm It's talking. like, yeah, I know. I mean, it's funny talking to Republicans. It changes every day. Really? It's like that sticking their finger in the wind. And, and part of that is because, you know, there are Republicans from Medicaid expansion states who are wavering on Medicaid. You saw Dean Heller yesterday, Mm-mm. the most politically vulnerable Senate Republican, come out and tell a reporter for The Hill that he supported a seven-year Medicaid phase-out and then tell local media that he was misquoted. And <laughs> I, I mean... Everyone is stepping so lightly in the GOP right now on this. Do you think it's possible that they will end up not repealing Obamacare? I think it is probable they will bring something up to a vote. I think Mitch McConnell does not want to not 
show the show the nation that he can pass or can't pass something. If he can't pass something, he might just put up the House bill because then he'll be able to say, like, look, this is too conservative for my guys. Mm-hmm. It's not going to pass here. Sorry, Paul Ryan. Let's move on. Um, or he might put up a version of the House bill with much more generous tax credits, much more generous Medicaid phase out. That's what we're looking at. You know, Senate Republicans like to say they've they've totally written their own bill. But no, it's the House bill, just more generous. Hmm. Um, yesterday, the House, we talked about this with Congressman Dan Kildee a little earlier in the program. Yesterday, the House of Representatives, I, I don't know how they got anything done yesterday, but very quietly under the radar, they voted to repeal Dodd-Frank. Yes. And now this comes over to the Senate, which will be received. I think Republicans would love to try to do this, but you can't do this without Democratic votes. This is not. So there's something called budget reconciliation, which is the jargony word for, you know, if it if it has an effect on the federal budget and we can make the numbers balance, we don't have a filibuster, simple majority needed. Mm -hmm. But Dodd-Frank doesn't qualify there. So they'll need to get eight Democrats. And that is unlikely. So Democrats could filibuster this. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and again, um, the House is very good at passing things that don't necessarily have a prayer when it comes to the Senate. Cardinal rule these days. What <laughs> interesting times for you. Yeah. And all of your friends over there. Alana Shure from Politico. Politico.com. You can follow Alana and uh, all of our good friends at Politico. Um, have a great weekend. Yeah. You too. Thanks for coming in today. And uh, good work yesterday. Uh, you have a good weekend, too, folks. It's good to see all of you. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's been a busy, busy week. So Donald Trump's not going to tweet this weekend. Rest up. We'll see you on this Monday. This is The Bill Press Show.